Welcome to the Business Meets Soul podcast. I'm your host, Tara Hegarty, and on this show, you can expect powerful, soul-shifting conversations to help you effortlessly expand, align your energy, and unlock your infinite potential in life and business. Because your definition of success isn't determined by an endpoint or goal. For you, success is the byproduct of being who you are, doing what you love, and living in alignment with your soul. Are you ready to anchor into deeper layers of abundance, service, and freedom together? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Ashley Simpson. I came across Ashley through a dear friend of mine, Sarah Jensen, and after hearing about the unique work she was doing in the healing space, it got me intrigued and I've been part of our community ever since. She is one incredible skilled healer and I've been using her Oracle deck in my healing sessions and it has taken my understanding of the body to a whole new level. But first, to formally introduce her now, Ashley Simpson is the creatrix of energy archaeology and the realms of embodiment. And it's a framework for embodied awareness and self-healing that really guides you to the inherent wisdom of your bones, your muscles, your organs, your nervous system, DNA. And she's also a teacher, a mentor, guide for energetic anatomy, and will encourage you to explore the depth and the breadth of your human experience and help you uncover patterns to help you really broaden your perspective of how to live bone deep. Welcome, Ashley. So wonderful to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It is fantastic to be here all the way across the world having this <laughs> conversation um, and talking to not only you, but your community, the people who you know tune in and listen. So thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you, Ashley. I'm, I'm, and I'm so glad that we can make this work with our time zones. So I know we're going to have a wonderful conversation today. So thank you for sharing your time with us. So let's jump right in. So um, the first place I always start with my guests are, what does the soul of your business look and feel like in a few words? Mm. So narrowing this down to a few words is, is difficult, <laughs> but I think one that kind of is all encompassing for the way I see and feel and experience my business is just sort of this um, almost like it's very connected to nature. It's connected to the way like things happen, like the natural order of how things happen in the universe. It, um, in, in a way it's very representative in sort of like a meta way of, of the work that I teach mm -hmm. because there's this very kind of galactic and, and like quantum component, which is, you know, very much like the DNA realm that I teach. And then on the other hand, there's sort of this very grounded and like, you cannot pull this out of the earth, you know, like that's where it belongs. <laughs> it's where it's very much at home. And that's sort of indicative of the bone realm. So it kind of has this really interesting, um, ever evolving structure that's kind of always like feeling into these different components of of like its existence as a business, as well as, you know, like my existence as a human. So, yeah. 
Amazing. And how beautiful is that to not only have, you know, as you said, the quantum realm, but the physical realm and be able to pull those two ends together and everything else in between as well. So a beautiful um, reflection of your business. So thank you for sharing. So let's dive into some questions. I'd love, 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 love to start with your story, um, especially your background, particularly your personal story, because I feel like your healing journey has led you to where you are today. So could you take us on a little journey of your personal evolution and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, I will try to keep this brief because like all of us, our personal evolution expands <laughs> my entire yeah. life, right? <laughs> so um, the, the short story is that whenever I was born, I had a very, very quick precipitous birth, which kind of ha- led to some uh, like vagus nerve dysregulation like mm-hmm. from the get-go. So I had what's called bradycardia and apnea, which is where my heart would kind of stop or slow really, really low. I would get like a really thready pulse and I would stop breathing. And so this wasn't like anything that people were working with at that point in time, the doctors were kind of like, well, she'll grow out of it, you know, like Mm. spend some time in the NICU. Um, And then as my body adapted uh, to, you know, how it was breathing, how like my heart was like, it was okay to be, you know, as, as I adapted to that, um, I was sent home. But what that did was kind of set me up for this life that that I recognize on retrospect, where I didn't really trust being in my body. You know, it was like my entry point to being in a body was really disrupted and dysregulated. So I spent my life kind of learning how to place my feet, how mm-hmm. to breathe appropriately. Like some a lot of these things that we take for granted just were not innate to me. Still, if I walk around, I will catch myself very consciously placing my feet whenever I walk and like heel to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe, you know, like doing this very conscious placement because of living in a body for, you know, a couple decades that just was not home because I was so disconnected, so disembodied. Um, And all of that just kind of came to a head whenever I had my twins um, they had a traumatic birth. It was kind of this whole mirroring of my own experience where once again, couldn't breathe, um, emergency surgery, uh, just sort of like another pattern interrupt, another disconnect to my body. But this time around, you know, I was in the adult. I was the adult. You know, I could make the decision of how I wanted to heal from this. And so that kind of set off this very long journey through postpartum PTSD that took me all the way back to CPTSD, which is complex PTSD, um, which essentially was what was kind of created as like this disorganization of my embodied experience at birth. So through moving through those experiences, I discovered energy work. I found a gorgeous mentor here in my uh, local town. Um, she was sort of an elder in every sense of the word was like the best possible person. I think I could have started my energy work journey with, um, and it was through the, uh, Usui Reiki lineage. So, um, did Reiki training. And as I was understanding how I saw the body, how I worked with the body, uh, it was sort of this um, introduction into 
being in a body, you know, like really mm-hmm. actually touching it in an energetic way, like with like this sort of aliveness and this care and this love that I don't think I had ever shown to myself. Um, and it unfolded into what my work is now. You know, I wasn't seeing chakras and auras. <laughs> I was, I was touching the body and I was seeing bones or seeing where bones were not visible um, or where they were kind of connecting up in a funny way or where they looked armored. And it was really through just having to learn why I was seeing what I was seeing Mm -hmm. that um, directed, I guess, my philosophy for how I work with energy the um the frameworks that have kind of come out of that the skills that i teach regarding that uh so kind of everything unfolded from there just this innate curiosity of like huh when i hold the body and when i approach it with love and curiosity and um compassion what story does it have to tell me and so you know that unfolded the story of the embodied realms that kind of brought this methodology forward and it also just let me finally, like, <laughs> you know, hold my own body mm. and be like, oh my goodness, what do you have to say? You know, like yeah. what's in there? Um, yeah. So it's been a journey from there. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Did you um, point back to the um, experience of um, being out of body to your birth through um, your journey? Did you reflect back later on and go, wow, I actually haven't been in my body since birth, since since all this um, trauma that I experienced, um, possibly even in the womb um, when, <laughs> uh, yeah, so back in, like, back in the womb. So did you experience that aha moment? Um, was that when you were pregnant um, and having your own birth experience that it kind of uh, re-triggered that memory? No, it was actually after that. Um, ah, it was, my yeah. kids were probably about two before I understood that. And yeah, I don't think I could have previously. Um, I think it actually took me a understanding energy and how, how it works and how I see it, but watching them come Mm. into life in a body and watching how they engaged with the world and what that was like. And it was, you know, the kind of this big upswelling of grief that um, I couldn't remember ever having felt that sense of comfort in like Mm. exploring what it was like to have a physical body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. And, and, you know, once you stepped into, um, back into your body um, did, and that allowed those those um, gifts to come through for you were you you mentioned your uh, Reiki teacher um, and and beautiful guide that helped you um, move through your healing journey as well as your healing learnings was that something that you did organically and in a progressive way or was that something that you were taught that you were kind of pulling in bits and pieces from the the teachings and learnings from your Reiki teacher? 
Oh, it was definitely organic. I mean, it's still developing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am still, I am still exploring every realm. So what I see right now is a framework, and I have worked really intricately with the bones and with the muscles and with the fluids. And there are still these three other realms that I'm journeying into, being like, there's so much more here. Mm-hmm. So with every realm that I kind of, um, I will say maybe accept an invitation from because that's really what it is. It's kind of like a pool to kind of come to the next piece. I learn a deeper part of what it is to be embodied as a human mm-hmm. um, in a way that I don't think I could have learned from someone else. So my Reiki master, um, my Reiki guide was a really beautiful space holder and um encourager of my work (laughs) but she did say to me very early on like what you are doing is not reiki (laughs) she was like you can't call it that she's like i'll help you explore what it is how beautiful but it's not this (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh which is a great um segue into just sharing what is energy archaeology Sure. So Mm. I named it that because A, I started with the bones. And at that point in time, I thought that was going to be all I did. Um, You know, I could kind of see this one realm and I was like, great. I see the energy in bones, you know, like um, went full tilt into it. Every session I did with people was only in the bones because that was the part I needed to understand. It was the part Mm. I was working in with myself. I was working there with other people, um, really understanding what the bones hold, what they guide us into, what um, what the foundation for. And so it was kind of this um, aha moment where I was like, when people are looking to we'll say like past civilizations right the record in the bones is often what we find that's the enduring part that's what remains i mean there are you know obviously like if it was like if they lived in structures there might be like foundations there might be like pottery tools there might be something but oftentimes whenever we're trying to put together how did people eat how did they live what were they doing we're looking at their bones Mm. And so, I mean, that is archaeology, right? It's the uncovering. It's like the the mapping of um, a history through the story that the bones tell us. And so that was what I was doing, essentially, but energetically, because I would sit down with somebody and I would look at the bones um, holographically, right? I would yeah. <laughs> tune into the energy <laughs> and see see the skeleton in front of me. And I would begin to kind of weave this story because there were patterns. Because every time I would see something that was happening in the right ankle, it would have the same sort of indication that this is what's going on. The knees always had the same, like they pointed towards the same thing. The shoulder blades were always uh, where somebody was working through inner child stuff. And so after doing enough of these sessions, I was like, there's a language here. And Mm -hmm. so what, what I'm doing is kind of uncovering really the way energy is flowing through the bones and how that tells us our story. So what's sitting in our left hip? What is happening in our right knee? You know, why is something happening at this specific joint in my big toe on my left foot? You know, like there would be these just, I call them string lines because they would be patterns where it's like the toe would connect to a knee, which would connect to a hip, which would connect to a shoulder. And I would kind of interpret that. This is what I'm seeing. And it would always be reflected back to me that like nobody has told me my story in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, 
how, like, how did you put all of that together? And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I am reading literally what is right in front of me, but that's what it was, was sort of this uncovering of the story of someone's lifetime of their generational stuff. Even if we're looking at the pelvis um, of stuff that's been held in the inner child uh, through the bones. And so what that evolved into once it became the realms of embodiment and, and all of them is energy archaeology really just became the modality that I use to work. So it's really taking that same approach that I do in the bones where I'm looking at the pattern. I'm asking it to like, like I'm noticing what's there. I'm asking it to expand the curiosity. What is here? What can you show me? What do I need to know about this? And instead of just watching it through the bones, we're watching it kind of weave through everything. Mm. Now that I see where we're going um, in like a larger sense of like the entire body, a bone may connect to a muscle and then kind of come into the organ realm, you know, so it begins to weave even a more holistic picture, but really energy archaeology is just that um, capacity for me to kind of look at your energy and ask it to tell its story. It's following the story of the body. That's incredible. And it's also taking energy work to like almost that next level, isn't it? It's um, an alternate option to address the trauma or issues like in another way, isn't it? it it's it's that missing piece um, that is energy um, and it's a powerful unseen force that really governs everything in, in our world as well as ourselves. So uh, energy archaeology, it, it seems like you've, you've pulled in pieces of the body, found the energy flow and found how they all kind of interrelate through these different different realms, you call them. Is that right? Yeah, different realms. Um, wow, that's incredible to um, be able to uncover like and experience and and now be able to share that in a way that people can um, relate to their body in many different ways other than just what we know. You know, I feel like there's so much information that we could be pulling from our body if we had more information and more awareness of what our body's actually made up of. It's not just made up of bones, muscles and organs and, you know, skin and everything. Um, it's everything and the energetic components. So that's truly incredible. Um, can you explain a little bit more about the different realms of embodiment that you were mentioned before? Because I know you go into um, the bones, but you also mentioned the DNA earlier as well. So obviously there's a scope of the, the different realms of embodiment. Would you be willing to share a little bit more about those? Absolutely. So like I said, I started at the bones. And so what I will do is I will work, we'll call it quote unquote up from the bones. So mm -hmm. the the way I see the realms is, is I actually call them like a decentralized framework for embodiment because nothing sits at the center. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing is sort of the uh, pentultimate or like the most important realm. And they all kind of independently communicate with one another just because the body is a really beautiful interconnected interdependent ecosystem right splitting them into the realms really just helps me to kind of classify um and describe the energy flow patterns um and that way i can kind of describe how they relate to one another 
and mm. like how that helps us work with them. So yeah, before I start at the bottom and go quote unquote up, I just wanted to put a little disclaimer in there that like, yeah. there's no up, there is no down. <laughs> These kind of all sit independently and communicate with one another. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the bones are what I call the foundational realm. So these are um, really our sort of like structural energies. So this is, uh, it often comes, they are not our like beliefs, ethics, morals, but it kind of comes up and presents as that. So these are like the foundational thing that we kind of build our life around. Um, and in most cases, what happens whenever we first dive into the bones is we will encounter sort of like this layer of trauma. Mm-hmm. And that is because in many cases, our own wisdom from our bones, like our own innate sense of wildness has kind of been put on the back burner, like suppressed down a bit. And we have uh, like systems and structures and um I I mean, really anything, it can be religion, it can be the way you're educated, it can be the country you live in, that put foundations kind of in place for us, you know, like these are widely held beliefs. And so as you tap into your bones, you begin to be like, oh, wait a minute, I don't believe that thing. This is actually getting in the way that I want to express. This is getting in the way of how I want to build my life. And so we kind of wrestle with that first layer in our bones often, uh, the first time we kind of get in there and like listen to what's there. But as that begins to unwind and we begin to kind of release some of this from how it's been in our bones, how it's been held, uh, the bones begin to kind of essentially become like our scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Like everything else we do in life, right, kind of is is hinging on or is communicating with these foundational principles that this is really the way my energy, this is what it's here to do. This is what I'm here to be. This is how I'm here to move through the world. Um, and the bones can be very inward looking. So people will sometimes wrestle with this where they'll be like, I feel really selfish. This entire realm is about me. And it's like, that one is in a, in a large <laughs> sense. Yes, that one is. And there are other realms that are very much about looking at like the system. How do I interrelate mm. with things? So, um, you know, there's there's that kind of piece of self-development where we're like, the bones, like, that's you. That's your foundations. You know, it is. it does, like, individual foundations do create group foundations, societal foundations, right, if we are all shifting. Um, but in a, in a very large sense, the bones are very much um, independent and individually focused. Mm. So as we move into the muscle, the energies are kind of connecting through tendon and ligament. Um, it's really being pulled up into the muscle. And this is how we relate our foundational energies into the rest of our life. So this is how we're moving with things, how we are kind of consciously and unconsciously shaping our life. So, you know, there's different pieces of the muscle realm. There are the muscular, like hollow organs. There are like uh, what I call the conscious movers. Those are like our skeletal muscles that are doing like the big movement. There's our um, like holding muscles. And these are kind of our skeletal stabilizing muscles that hold pieces. Um the tendons and ligaments are our attachment. So we work with all of these separate pieces to help us understand um, the way we relate to other people, the way we relate to resources, the connection that we hold, the um, the way we attach to these things. And really, we kind of end up in the fascia, which is like the shape of all of it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like this is this is the shape that it's being held in. Um, and that shape can change. <laughs> you know, that that it's malleable. It can, yeah. it can stretch and it can change. And that's what the muscle round teaches us is like we're made to stretch. You know, like we can get kind of these adaptive patterns based on whatever foundational energies are going on. But when the foundation shifts, the muscle shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have this really interesting connection together. So we move into the fluids and this is how we flow through life. Um, it is, this one is very much more intangible. It's paradoxical. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this Alice in Wonderland upside down whenever you move <laughs> into your fluid realm where, uh, it's like your belief doesn't expand incrementally or it's, it's not like a very kind of slow and steady thing. It's like the perspective gets blown wide open and you realize that um, you know, things that you held, that there is also this opposite truth, you know? And so we kind of bring things together in the fluid realm that help us understand how we flow. So how we flow with our inner rhythm, how we flow with external pressure. We understand that external pressure is not always bad, you know? Like there's there's a lot of things that kind of get broken down and worked with in that realm that is, that's fun, that's challenging, that's confronting. <laughs> so then we move like those three are Mm. kind of personal right Mm. those tend to be like internal focused yes this these are my foundations these are like the way i connect to things this is the way i'm meant to flow so as we move into the other realms like the other three that sort of balance these out we get to more of this transpersonal perspective yeah where we move into the organ systems and we recognize the system right like because fluid moves through the system yeah right like there is something that fluid is moving through so i'm not just flowing for myself i am flowing within systems and it really depends on like um the big things that come up in the organ realm is sort of like emotional stuff mm-hmm. um we get a lot of emotion like emotional catharsis <laughs> uh we will start to understand trust in a very different way in the emotional realm. Because if you've worked in the other three, like you kind of have this inherent self-trust. Um, it just kind of comes up from within. Um, and as you move into the ecosystem, then you begin to realize the ecosystem is changing. The way you're moving in it is changing because you are inherently trusting of yourself. So you begin to inherently trust the pieces of the ecosystem, Mm. right? Like if you think about it very literally in terms of organs, like the stomach is not telling the gallbladder to do its job or the stomach is not trying to do the gallbladder's job. You know, the liver is not trying to do the brain's job. Like there's, it, it is all very autonomous in the organ realm, but interconnected in a way that it has to be, you know, each piece has to connect to the next piece. It has to work together. But when there's a disruption in one, it can cause a system-wide disruption. Mm. It's not isolated. So that's where we begin to understand that it's like, ooh, if it's all about me, I'm kind of taking myself out of this interrelated system <laughs> that I naturally function within, you know? Yeah. Um, so we move from there into the nervous system, which is the communication between it all. So the nervous system, and this is where I like to kind of challenge a little bit of that uh like mind body spirit triad that gets put forward because really the mind is like one sixth right it's not one third (laughs) and the body is the whole it's not one third um and the spirit is the whole it's not one third so (laughs) 
<laughs> so we get the, the brain and the nervous system, which is in the nervous system realm. And we have this really beautiful conduit between soul coming into body. Mm-hmm. Right. And as it comes into that conduit and we see like, uh, inspiration and logic meet and we see or we feel our nervous system responses and our trauma patterns and all of these things kind of come up res- in response to our intuition, in response to the stimuli outside of us, in response to like a conversation that we're having or a connection that we're having with somebody. Um, that realm is kind of the messenger that is translating that to every other realm, to every other part of the body. It's really a communication um, realm. Mm. So that one is incredibly difficult to separate out on its own. It's kind of like the fluid realm in that way. Like yeah. it's just it is just everywhere, you know, it is communicating with everything. But um you know, whenever we begin to work in the nervous system realm from an energetic perspective, we get to recognize that the nervous system is not some sort of like top down. This is the only piece that's controlling any other response, right? There are mm-hmm. also responses coming back to it that are feeding back into the central nervous system. They're feeding back up to our brain. Um, so we get to kind of work with it almost as like this, um, an aliveness and like mm-hmm. a conduit and not just something that uh like causes a response or like i'm i'm feeling this way because like we get to kind of have a different conversation i think with the way the nervous system works mm. so last one i know this has been a very long journey no, here it's painting <laughs> it's been incredible <laughs> so the last one is the dna and this one is the one that i always kind of put the keynote quantum beside it Hmm. because the dna is again that entry into paradox that entry into it is like incredibly small right but as it like but we carry so much of it inside of ourselves so like is this like is a one tiny chromosome (laughs) you know it's absolutely microscopic but like all of it together in nearly every cell in our body begins to understand that it's like a sort of this alternate way of accessing what it is to connect to our body. So Mm. when I work with people in the quantum realm, what I often see is it kind of dissolves into what looks like dots. And I'm kind of just seeing like into the nuclei. (laughs) I'm kind of seeing essentially like the way all of the dots are kind of linked and what, what, what it expands into though is the way that all of those dots are linked to every other dot outside of us. You know, it begins to kind of see how we connect into the matrix, into, and I don't say that in like the movie, the matrix, or like the opt-out of a matrix sort of way, but like the in the um the quantum consciousness, in um quantum mechanics, how like all of the tiny dots of us are actually connected to all of the tiny dots of everything else. <laughs> um, all of like the tiny like vibrations of particles. So it's this really interesting way in that the DNA is its own realm. It's its own way of communicating with the body. And it simultaneously exists in every other realm. So it's kind of this like inception sort of thing that happens in the DNA. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, so incredible. And and can you, um, there's, I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, can you take us through the process um 
that you would do in a session. Do you do you move through um, these different realms from um, a bottom up kind of uh, process? Or is it more like a stressed line that you see that might actually start within, you know, the the organ, an emotion with the organ, and then you get taken through other realms? Like how does how do you then pull all these different realms um, together in a session um, for your clients? Yeah, so we start where the body wants to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I will prefix this by saying I don't work one on one very much anymore. Um, pretty much by invitation only. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have have broken these down into programs and sort of like a step-by-step yes. thing, which we can we can touch on later. Um, but whenever it's a client, if I were working one-on-one, like if you would sit down in front of me, quote unquote, on the other side of a screen, because it's always distance, um, what I would do is I create kind of a container essentially that your energy steps into. And what I'm looking for when your energy steps in is how is it stepping into the container? What is presenting? Like, what is the first thing that is leading whenever your body has accepted this invitation into this container? Mm-hmm. And so we start there. And I will allow that piece to open. And that is, you know, noticing what it's showing me, allowing it to expand. And so this is the part that we have a hard time doing for ourselves, <laughs> is allowing it to expand, right? But whenever it's me, allowing somebody else's energy to expand, I'm not personally involved. I'm not personally invested, right? Like they're safe and held and contained and it's lovely and supportive. And I'm tracking like the energy of their nervous system at the same time. So we're not going somewhere that's going to push anything. Hmm. We're doing is allowing the body to expand and take up the space that it needs to. Because so much of what we do each day, so much of what society asks us to do is like shove things down. Mm. make that smaller don't pay attention to that like let's kind of close off over here um let's not look at that thing right now it's not a great time like in a session you have the time that's the whole purpose you know so we allow it to unfold and whenever it kind of shows the entirety of what's there that's when i begin to get curious it's like okay what do you need you know Now that you've shown me what it is that you are, say we're in, uh, maybe we start in the circulatory system and we're working with like the heart itself, right? The, like the, the rhythm of, of your internal drive, like your internal pressure, what it is that's here. Um, you know, what do you need? And sometimes it might need forgiveness. Sometimes it might need love. Sometimes it might need to just like unwind and release this thing. It's been, it's internalized. Mm. as pressure that really wasn't your own inner rhythm, right? It's like it maybe it may need to recalibrate to what it is that your inner rhythm is. And so we allow that to happen. And then, you know, we kind of give it some space to settle back in and integrate back into where it is in the body. And we will find what comes up next. So like, okay, maybe our inner rhythm is now reestablished to our brain, our, our brainstem to our um, electrical impulse to our soul to our nervous system. Mm-hmm. So then what comes up after that? And we follow what comes up after that. And it may take me to another organ. It may take me to the brainstem. We may need to actually like support the brainstem for a bit because that's kind of this very primal, you know, originating energy in the nervous system. So the nervous system may have a moment where it goes like, oh my gosh, this feels wonderful, but I don't know how to hold this rhythm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we hold the nervous system and we allow it to feel the rhythm, to establish that connection from the new rhythm in the heart to the rest of the body and the cells coming back, kind of watching the electrical impulse go back and forth, watching the communication, see, seeing maybe where it gets stuck, where there's a breakdown in that communication impulse or where it doesn't want to go to. So if we're holding the nervous system and we're really kind of entraining the body with this new inner rhythm or not new inner rhythm, but this reestablished inner rhythm that is only yours. And we're seeing that maybe it's not going down the right leg. Mm. Like maybe it's moving down the central energy or down the um, central, uh, the goodness sakes, I want to say central energy column, but the central nervous system, (laughs) I see them the same. So the words to me sometimes flip back and forth. Um, And maybe it's not going out of any of the nerve roots into the right leg. So then we're going to say, is this muscle? Is this bone? What's going on in the right leg that won't allow my inner rhythm to come forward in the way I'm activating my energy in this world? Because that's really our right leg pathway. Yeah. So it's really just watching. It's watching and it's allowing things to expand and getting curious and what's going on here. And and the energy will always tell me when we're done the work for the day. Yeah. So I, a long time ago, I stopped what I call the time for money model. I stopped working saying I charge X number of dollars per hour Hmm. because what I do (laughs) is I really charge for you to come in and receive what you need for that day. And your energy will tell me when it has received what it needs for that day. And sometimes it'll be over in 45 minutes and sometimes we need 90. Yeah. You know, and so we always just work to what I call energetic completion. And whenever it says it's done and this is what is yours to integrate now, then that's where we stop. And I think that's beautiful because, as you mentioned, um, you know, your your body could be holding, you know, a third level stress in, say, um, your hips, and then your body's compensated for that, and then you get directed to certain, as you said, you follow that stress line through the body um, to help um, alleviate that. But if that body's been, uh, if your body's been holding that third level stress and compensating for quite could be over 10 years, for instance, then your your body's going to take a while to integrate that shift. And it makes sense, right? Your, your body then needs to reintegrate the systems around that stress and allow it time to um, process. And um, now that it's got that innate awareness, your body's so incredible, isn't it? It has this innate awareness, but once you bring more into its awareness, it has that ability to... Um, help that self-healing journey that it's been um, holding on to um, from, you know, as I said, 10 years ago. So that's incredible. And I love that um, way of working with the body um, because it gives it the time. It gives it the space. um, It gives it um, the ability to reorganize the energetic integrity of the body to allow it to self-heal and be held through through that process. So that's um, that's really beautiful, Ashley. It really is. Um, wh- when you talk about um, uh, like you you get directed by the body, do you find that there's some sort of trends that come up? For instance, you know we do hold a lot of tension in our jaw 
you know, a lot of us women, um, when we go through birth, you know, there's so much that can be held in our hips and trauma in our hips from, from birth, from our own birth, from giving birth, um, from ancestral, um, as well, or, or even the shoulders, the shoulder, shoulder blades, I know holds, you know, the weight of the world. And you mentioned that is relating to the inner child. Is there certain trends that you're seeing? a lot recently that need to just we need to move through at, at a collective um role here so i don't tend to tune into like the collective body um yeah. as sort of like a what's going on right now what's happening right now um it was something that i used to do and i found that whenever i would do that i would kind of get sucked down this uh really interesting like diverting path right <laughs> they would kind of like take me into like oh where's the energy going what can we expect like trying to teach people almost um like what to work with right now and and what might be coming like what maybe we could expect to come and i would always find that whenever i did that I, the, my business and the soul of my business would almost like take my head and forced me back to look at <laughs> what it is <laughs> that is the central component, which is really helping to um, kind of unpack, unwind, and describe each of the pieces um, and teach people how to tune into their body so that mm. they can understand what it is that they're sensing at the time um, instead of getting caught up in like someone said that this might be what the collective is experiencing, but I'm not feeling that, or I'm really feeling that and kind of like either over identifying or not identifying or like kind of, again, trying to maybe tell their body that this is what I should be feeling, or this mm. is what other people are feeling and I'm not. So it's wrong. Um, I really work with teaching people how to notice your own body, how to let your own body expand. Um, how to, instead of holding judgment with it, get really curious about what that is and what it has to say, and then integrating. Mm -hmm. And there are trends that come up. <laughs> um, like whenever I used to work really intensively with clients one-on-one, -on -one, kind of weeks at a time, months at a time, I would see trends come up. And that's kind of when I would speak to that. It's like, this is something that's coming up here. Um and it's really something that I just pulled back for because it was, you know, my business kept being like eyes on your own paper. <laughs> Look <laughs> over here. This is this is what you're doing. Um, and yeah, so I do like I will get emails from people who will kind of be saying this is what I'm noticing in my body. You know, I took the I took this workshop and um, this is the thing that was coming up and there will be patterns in that. But um, yeah, it's not something I. I focus on or tune into anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, and I, I guess it, the, the question was really coming from like, um, you know, if you're predominantly working with um, certain women that might be, you know, experiencing hip, you know, um, you might be like, oh gosh, that's like the seventh hip kind of, um, uh, I guess, case that we that I've had this week. I keep coming in at the the hip level, um, at the bone level, at the hips. You know, that's interesting. Like, I think that's where that question was coming from. Sorry. Okay. Um, no, that no, that makes yeah. sense. Um, and yeah, so a, a lot of that is that's that's how the deck originated. 
was, yes. uh, you know, people who would come with questions and say, this is, this is what I'm here. Um, uh, a lot of questions early on in my work, like, what does this one thing mean? Like, what does this mean? And that is, that is definitely where the deck came in. So the deck I'm referring to is the energy archaeology oracle deck for everyone who's listening. Yes. To yes. You have it. <laughs> can um, we, can we talk a little bit more about this amazing oracle deck that you do have? Because I actually use them through my sessions because the depth of knowledge, um, and intelligence encoded in not only in the cards, but also the guidebook, um, really helps activate parts of the body in a really deeply profound way. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about the creation process behind your energy archaeology oracle deck and how it came to be because it's quite different to most oracle decks. The imagery is just out of this world and the way that you actually format the guidebook where you talk about the anatomy then the energy and then the wisdom behind it and then you also put prompts through it which is interesting because in some of my sessions I use these prompts as homework for people to go and sit with so I would love to hear a little bit more about how this came to be and how you found the process yeah, so it's interesting. Um, talking about this one now that I'm sort of almost in the process. Well, I'm, I am in the process of making a second. So <laughs> revisiting how I made the first one uh, has been a really interesting reflection um, because I came at it very logically initially. I had outlined what cards I thought were going to be uh, involved in the deck, which ones made sense. They were like alphabetized, I think. And I thought that I would just sit down and I would go alphabetically from top to bottom of this list and I would create cards. And it did not happen that way. And I really struggled with that. <laughs> but it was another lesson in me, like noticing what wants to be created right now and letting that one expand. Um, I, I think my illustrator and I uh, maybe did seven cards that didn't even make it in. Because when I looked at the collection of at the end, I was like, those don't fit. They don't like, they don't want Ooh. to be in here anymore. And certain ones like the rest card for the Palatine bone, that one snuck in on its own. Like that one was not intended <laughs> to be a card, but it was a lesson for me the entire time I was creating to rest. <laughs> Which mind you, I got this week. <laughs> I just want to add. <laughs> so it's funny that we're talking about it now. I love Sorry. that. <laughs> Yeah. So what I ended up doing, which is where I'm starting with the second deck, which has been immensely helpful to understand, mm -hmm. is I would um, sort of look at, like you were talking about the patterns of people that were coming in. And mm -hmm. there would be a whole bunch of maybe we're saying hip, hip or pelvis. Maybe there would be a whole bunch of shoulder blade at the same time. And so I would really dive into those and just tune into the energy of the shoulder blades, not like anyone in particular, just like collective level, what does like in this realm, what do the shoulder blades hold? What does it feel like when they're in balance or out of balance? And I would just kind of let the artwork emerge. I would, I played with collage. Like I would put everything together kind of in procreate on an iPad, 
collaged everything. And I had an incredible illustrator that I worked with. She is a scientific illustrator. So I needed someone that I was like, you need to know anatomy. <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> the important. Anatomy is very important <laughs> for this book. Um, and she, I, interestingly, I went to undergrad with her. So we had a relationship before we did the deck together. So Kelly, Kelly Finnan illustrated the deck for me um, and did a beautiful job translating. She would send back, you know, like a digital painting of it. And I would kind of draw over top of it and say, I want to see this here. I want more of this. I want more of that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, she would kind of make final edits. Um, but the artwork is all very intuitive. It was kind of what the bone or what the group of bones would show me whenever I would tune into them. Like this is what they would basically say is this is how we want to be known. This is how we want to be seen. Um, so, one of like the backgrounds are all very intuitive. Like this is what we want people to kind of how we want them to understand us. Um, the, like the wrist one comes to mind immediately because it's, you know, it's the hand and all of the wrist bones are separated out. So mm. like, it's really beautiful, almost like asteroid belt or like planets, you know, kind of sitting in space because the wrist wants to be associated with spaciousness right like this is where like we kind of come into relationship with this like uh universal pulse with divine timing and we cannot rush that Mm. and so the rest is like this is this is how we want people to interpret it um so that's really where the artwork came from and then the guidebook was this beautiful collaboration between myself and um, an editor i worked with erica midkiff i sent her maybe like 20 or 25 just like stream of consciousness downloads <laughs> like me just writing out everything that uh, that bone meant or like how the energy worked they were all in like different styles and formats and i sent them to her and i was like i want this guidebook to be scannable like i want <laughs> people to be able to open this and make it make sense and she sent me back a couple different options going, we could organize it like this. We could organize it like this. We could do it like this. Um, and what we ended up with was what really stuck out to me mm-hmm. was that, you know, we could separate the anatomy out. So if people really don't give a fig about anatomy, they don't have to read that. You know, like you don't have to skim this really long passage to get to the part that you need. Yes. So if you just want the prompts or you just want the little hit of wisdom that that bone has for you. You can just read that part. <laughs> That's yeah, and and it does work that way. Like, I particularly love the hyoid bone, and that mm-hmm. I like because it has all the properties, all the elements. So the the earth, the water, the air, the fire, and you can see that in in the actual imagery itself, where the hyoid bone is like underneath. It's almost like this bowl of water, but from that you can see the energy, you can see the feathers, and then. Um, but it looks like fire and it's just the way that it's been brought together, just the imagery is so powerful. Um, but the wisdom that comes behind that as well, because the hyoid bone is the only one that isn't connected and it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And in kinesiology, we actually um, we can sometimes use it for a vir- what we call a virtual flip. So you um, wiggle it and you release it and it can flip the whole body over without actually flipping the person over in our session so we see that um there's so much magic and so much uh um incredible properties that the high owned bone has and that's reflected in this oracle deck and it's just incredible to um to use (laughs) i love Um, hearing that because something people will ask me all the time is like where did you 
pull this from? Like, where did mm. you pull this information from? And I was very conscious of not reading other people's work, of not studying other people's work. Um, and I'm still that way because like I could go study maybe like traditional Chinese medicine or um, kinesiology or, you know, any lineage that that has sort of like a sense of the body and how energy moves mm. and probably glean things that would maybe make more robust meaning. But <laughs> again, it's like my, my business. It's like the realms kind of grab me, you know, like in the jaw and like force my eyes, like just listen to what's in front of you, you know, like just translate what's here. And um, I always love when people come to me and be like, oh, I work in this thing and like tapping on this part of the thing or like holding this bone or doing this does this. And like, I feel like you, uh, I feel like you would nail that perfectly. And I'm like, I am so glad. Like, I'm so glad <laughs> that it resonates and that it fits. But it also gives me this really beautiful sense of um, sort of like universal consciousness that there are a lot of people who have been tapping into the wisdom of the body for a very long time. And mm. it's been translated in many different ways, like um, even just between traditional Chinese medicine and um, like Tibetan uh, or like Thai massage. Um, it's like the the send lines versus the meridians you know they're different yeah. mm. the way they work are different um the way that they tap into the body and the way the practitioners will will kind of work with the body are different um but there's kind of this underlying wisdom that i think the realm what the realms of embodiment does is like uh maybe shows sort of like how they're all correct <laughs> you know, like, how, how really like it, it all fits together yeah and so it doesn't have to be so much about a like this thing is the way to go or this thing is the way to go or this is what it's here it's like the body's going to talk to us no matter what mm. and the lens that you use to kind of feel your way in is just going to kind of be the way it's going to be the translator for you it's going to be the way you interpret what the body is saying so yeah like what i what i do with this is just make sure that I'm just listening to the body. It's not coming through another interpretation to then be like interpreted by me again, or like kind of put into this work. Yeah. Yeah. And that is truly reflected because it does evoke like an energetic resonance within the the words that are written within the imagery of the deck. And it, um, I, and I, I must admit, it almost sheds light on, and the way, I, sorry, what I really want to say is the way that the light shines through the imagery as well is reflected. And it's, it kind of works on different levels because it's like, it's where that light is seen and it's bringing that awareness into, into the body as well, which is um, a really unique uh, with this, the, with this deck. And I truly love it. And to hear that you're actually working on a second one makes my heart <laughs> smile. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah, uh, this just too. sounds incredible, which I'm sure <laughs> that you've already, now you've got one under your belt. The second one I'm sure is just going to be an even bigger and better journey um, and, you know, take you on a completely different, different little journey into, yes. into the body. So I cannot wait to, um, um, when's that releasing? 
I don't know. <laughs> so, so something that I say frequently is that in my business, we move at the pace of bodies. So, you know, it's very hard for me to put an external schedule on something and say, it'll be out by the end of 2022, because yeah, I, I like that. I might, you know, have a <laughs> massive energy crash for like three months of the year, you know? Um, so what I have done though, is I have made the, I, I had the cards just outlines printed and I cut them all. And so I've labeled all of them for the pieces that have kind of come forward for this next deck. And what I'm doing is working with it like a deck already. So instead of um like letting the themes kind of arise, I'm like letting the deck start to speak to me. So I will shuffle mm. and I will pull a card. And whenever I pull the card, then I will start to um really go into what like really tune into that specific piece and then I'll see kind of where it leads from there and where that goes. And, and yeah, I'm just right now I'm at the point of just making a lot of notes. I'm sketching out basic first impressions of what the cards might look like. So it's very rudimentary and rough at this point, but it's also this really fun exploration. I was about to say what a creative way just to bring um, that expression into the world. Um, it must be just a beautiful container to be sitting in as you create and bring that forth. So I cannot wait for when that comes into the world um, in a physical sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to ask um, what is, so if you're, um, so what is new and upcoming in the world of Ashley Stinson then? Yeah, so I mean, the deck is really the, the next piece that's coming. And I have kind of put my intention towards that. So what I have right now are actually three programs that move through the bone realm, the muscle realm, and the fluid realm. And so they're called Foundation Connected and Flow. And those are programs people can opt into at any time and take this very deep dive journey um, through energy work into, say, the bone realm. So like you start with the spine and then you have an energy work for the pelvis and then the thorax and the skull and like it moves through all of the parts of the body. Um, and then same thing for the muscle realm, same thing for the fluid realm. So those exist. And that's kind of put this really lovely um, cap or, or like pause for a moment in like the creation of the programs, right? Because as we talked in the beginning, these are sort of the personal ones. These are sort of the like introspective inner looking programs. And so this Oracle deck is, is the bridge actually between the two. So it's, it's called the visceral Oracle and it is the muscle realm, the fluid realm and the organ realm. So it's really these, like the, it's, it's like the soft and squishy, right? It's the, <laughs> like the bone is the wisdom. The visceral Oracle is, um, it's the feeling. It's the mm -hmm. emoting. It's the, like the softer senses. Um, and I, can, I don't even want to say softer senses, but like the the more fluid pieces. Um, I really just like to call it the squishy part. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. I like it. This is, this is the squish. <laughs> um, so it's kind of serving as this bridge to being like, we're putting this piece into place. We're really working on this Oracle deck. And then it almost feels like, walking across that, taking that journey is going to be what will bring the other three programs into being, which will help me bring in one for the organ realm and the nervous system realm and the DNA realm. So it's kind of this, like a pause, a linkage, a bridge, like it's, it's really um, where my attention is focusing. 
Um, and so what I'm doing right now is encouraging <laughs> all of my clients, everyone who engages with me on social media, all of my email folks, pretty much anyone I talk to, right, to lean into like the basics and the foundation of mm-hmm. this work because as it continues to expand, like these are the pieces that we're going to need. So like this is kind mm. of the perfect time to come into this work in this world. Like while there's a lot of space and a lot of opportunity to like start working with the cards, to move through foundation in your bone realm, to understand what your muscles are asking of you because it is that personal point before we start getting into this like transpersonal exploration. And there will be people who will start in the transpersonal space. There are a lot of really beautiful people who kind of that's almost like their home their home realms, like that feels really good to them. And they'll kind of take the journey. I won't say backwards, but it'll move from transpersonal to personal for them. So Mm. it'll kind of go the opposite direction. Mm. But um, like the basics essentially that we talked about this entire time, like the kind of underpinned everything that we talked about, all of my work, right? That kind of goes right back to the cycle of communication. And so uh, we talked about this before. It's okay with you. I'd love to share an invitation for your audience, for people who are listening now, for people who are listening in the future. Um, The cycle of communication is like the foundation of my personal embodiment practice. It's something I use every single day. Mm. It gets very, very quick after you learn it. (laughs) In the beginning, it's sort of like, this is a very conscious, intentional thing. Now I'm kind of like, okay, I noticed that. Like, let's go ahead and let it expand. Um, But it's the practice that helped me come home to my body. So mm. it is that that process that we talked about sort of in the very beginning when I was talking about my journey. And it's helped hundreds of my clients listen to what their bodies have to say as well. So like, this is like, to me, this is the piece, right? When people are like, where do I start? I'm like, this is where you start. You start right here. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of starting with an embodiment practice, though, that can be hit or miss depending on what your body needs in the moment. Right? Mm. Like we don't know if we need something activating or something that's bringing us back in. Like that can be a little bit tricky, especially when you're just kind of starting out this conversation. What this is, is basically like a really simple framework. It's learnable. It is a skill. <laughs> like it's not anything energetic or magical, really. Like this is just a skill. Um, And so I teach it in the body language workshop. It's a two-hour workshop. It's pre-recorded. So you'll learn and practice this foundational skill of listening to your specific body and recognizing his, hers, or their language. And Mm -hmm. so it includes a mini course on the cycle of communication. So there's the two-hour workshop piece where we really practice this in a couple different ways. And then there's a mini course that goes with it that kind of has lessons on noticing and on expanding and on getting curious. And it walks you through each step of learning that skill so that no matter if you're visual or auditory or kinesthetic, like there's something in there that'll help you kind of get into this to really work with it. So if you go to ashleystinson.com slash body language, and for your people, they can put in the code talk to me and take 50% off of the workshop enrollment. So you can get started with that for $22. Um, and you will have that in the show notes. I will send you, I'll send you what you need. You'll get, you'll get that. Um, but yeah, I would just also love to continue the conversation with everybody on Instagram too. So you can find me at the Ashley Stinson, leave a comment or a post to say, hi, let me know you found me through Tara in the business meets soul podcast. I would love to connect. Yeah. 
Amazing. Incredible. Uh, thank you very much. I'm sure the audience will love having that um, opportunity and we'll jump on it. So yes, I will put it all in the show notes. So they have the links that take them directly to your website and particularly that page. Um, it's, I love what you're doing, Ashley. It's so unique. It's so profound and it's bringing where I think a lot of us need to go. We need to come back into the body. We need to bring our attention in um, and and um, listen to our body's response and bring more awareness to each level that we have within us because the body is so miraculous. It's so magical. And I think that we need to remember and be grateful for what we have and this vessel that we're, we're operating from in this lifetime and, you know, to take care of it and look after it in a really, um, I want to say deeper way, like there's, you know, we can do all the, all the things that we know we need to do, but if we can actually tune in, um, and, and do what you do, see through the body, you know, (laughs) see all through all those different levels, imagine, you know, we can become these self healers within ourselves and, um, use this knowledge that you're pulling through, and sharing with everyone to be able to help us on our self-healing journey. So thank you so very much for the incredible work that you continue to do. And um, I will um, definitely put your um, links in the in the show notes. Uh, thank you so very much, Ashley. It was an absolute joy talking to you today. You're a wealth um, of knowledge and it's just so incredible to, to have you on today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure to get to have this conversation and to share and um, to have it be received so beautifully. So thank you, Tara, for the opportunity. And the My chat. pleasure, Ashley. Thank you. All right, friends, that concludes today's conversation. If it lifted your spirit or touched your soul, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that more souls can be impacted by these life-changing conversations. And if you're not ready for this episode to end, head over to tarahegarty.com to get the show notes for today's episode. I love you so much and thank you for being here. I'll see you next week for another episode of Business Meets Soul.